0: You're listening to Comedy Central.
1: Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom this mother's day diamonds direct has everything you need to say thank you diamonds direct your love our passion online at diamondsdirect.com
2: you know you've got a comeback in you when you take the next step you're going to make it count for your career for your family for your life you can earn a degree you're proud of with purdue global Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu.
3: Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm Trevor Noah, and this is The Daily Social Distancing Show. Here's a tip for anyone out there who's trying to get the vaccine right now. You cannot get vaccinated by making out with everyone who has had the vaccine. But it's fun to try. Call me Gladys. Anyway, on tonight's show, Tom Brady defeats the Packers and Father Time, Roy Wood Jr. defunds the police, and why you're the one who should rarely be impeached. So let's do this, people. Welcome to The Daily Social Distancing Show from Trevor's couch in New York
4: City to your couch somewhere in the world. This is The Daily Social Distancing Show with Trevor Noah, ears edition. Let's kick
3: things off with the Super Bowl. It's the night you open a blue cheese dressing that you'll end up throwing away in April. Yesterday, the Kansas City Chiefs advanced to the big game where they'll be facing off against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which means we're gonna be seeing a very familiar, very handsome face on the field.
2: Now to the other big story this morning, Brady is back in the Super Bowl. For the 10th time in his career, Tom Brady is headed to the championship game. The NFL's elder statesman is facing off against one of the youngest in the league, 25-year-old Kansas City superstar Patrick Mahomes, who took the Chiefs to victory at last year's Super Bowl. And get this, when Brady won his first Super Bowl in 2002, Mahomes was just six years old.
4: Tom Brady has obviously smashed all kinds of records. He becomes the oldest Super Bowl quarterback in history at 43, surpassing Tom Brady two years ago (laughs) at
3: 41. Okay, no. Hell no. Tom Brady is immune from aging. How is he still winning at 43? What is his secret? I'm only 36, and all my Google searches are like, hips make clicking sound when I walk. Am I dying? But it kind of makes sense. I mean, every sport has to have the one old guy. All of them. Even when you play pickup basketball, there's always that one guy with the gray hair and the Hard Rock Cafe T-shirt who shows you flames. You spend the rest of the game debating if he's actually John Stockton or not. That guy's at every court. But still, it is not fair that Tom Brady is this good and this handsome. He's gonna be in his 10th Super Bowl and he looks like this? No! That's why I'm starting a Kickstarter today, to pay for him to get plastic surgery to look like this. It's only fair, people. I mean, think about it. The opposing quarterback in this Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes, was six years old when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. Being good for that long must change how you interact with kids. Tom Brady will see his friend's baby and just start trash talking it. Oh, if you think you're crying now, just wait until I whip your ass in 20 years. But let's move on now to the big news out of Russia. You know, the country that's currently watching you through your computer camera. Last week, opposition leader Alexei Navalny returned to the country, where he was immediately thrown in jail by Vladimir Putin's police. But what Putin might not have expected is this response.
2: Massive crowds gathered in cities across Russia on Saturday, demanding opposition leader Alexei Navalny be released from jail. These were some of the biggest demonstrations in Russia in years.
1: Protests swept across Russia's 11 time zones, taking place in 90 cities in the capital, Moscow. An estimated 15,000 demonstrators gathered in the city center, clashing with police. Police
3: in Moscow started making arrests even before the demonstrators started protesting. More than a 1,000 people were detained in the Russian capital alone, organizers say.
2: 3,000, they claim, nationwide. Police with batons rushed through crowds of Navalny supporters who braved temperatures as low as minus 58 degrees. Wow. Some of the officers were seen beating the protesters. Some demonstrators fought back, including these people who bombarded a group of riot police with snowballs in Moscow. Wow. Nationwide
3: protests across 11 time zones against Putin. That's inspiring. Guys, can we agree on something? Anybody who protests in negative 58 degree weather should have their demands heard. The problem is that protests can get out of hand quickly when it's that cold, because people will be like, let's burn down that store. Why, comrade, to protest Putin? No, bitch, for heat. But seriously though, props to all of those protesters because they're putting a lot of pressure on Vladimir Putin. And I mean real pressure, not Kylie Jenner's shower pressure. These protesters are widespread enough that Putin can't just laugh them off. And yes, that's partly because Putin isn't sure of how to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Okay, start with smile, then see how I go. (laughs) And in many ways, Russia is just catching up with the mood of the moment. I mean, this has been a huge year for protests around the world. America saw the largest protests in its history against police brutality. We saw SARS protests in Nigeria, Iraqis in the streets against corruption. Now, the Russian people. If you have a cause that you want to fight for, this is the year to do it. People are amped up, baby. Start a movement. Yo, single-ply toilet paper! Yeah. Yeah! (laughs) You see that? The people are ready to go. We're using our hands. No? Oh, you thought I meant, no. Moving on to the epic battle dominating the news, King Kong versus Godzilla. Why do you guys have to fight? Haven't you heard this is a time for unity? But also the epic battle against the coronavirus. Right now, things are not going great. The US has really been struggling to distribute enough vaccines. Hospitals are running short. Appointments are getting canceled. I mean, it's not as serious as the shortage of PlayStation 5s, but it's still pretty bad. And until people can get vaccinated, America is going to have to take even more serious steps to stop the spread of this virus.
5: This morning, the U.S. will begin restricting travel from South Africa, banning most non-U.S. citizens who have recently traveled to the country from entering the States, as well as reimposing the travel ban for Brazil, the U.K., Ireland, and 26 countries across Europe in an effort to mitigate the spread of the virus. The biggest change will put a new travel ban in place for people
0: coming from South Africa where a new virus strain has been identified.
6: Researchers are worried that the new Variant might be better at evading antibodies and have greater resistance to vaccines.
3: Okay, I know this is a terrible story, but I can't lie, man, there's something in me that always gets excited whenever South Africa gets mentioned on international TV. Even when it's about travel restrictions because of a highly contagious plague variant, I'm like, hey! That's where I'm from. Cool, I'm from there. But that's right, this new variant of coronavirus is the fastest, most deadly thing out of South Africa since Oscar Pistorius. So now America is closing down travel from South Africa. But honestly, I don't even understand why anybody would want to come to America right now. I mean, everything's closed, What are you gonna do when you get here? Oh, I can't wait to watch Netflix in a hotel room, just like I do at home, but this time with a view of Denny's. But let's move on to our main story. And guys, it is so exciting that we can finally stop spending all our time talking about Donald Trump's presidency. Yes, instead, we get to talk about cleaning up the mess from Donald Trump's presidency.
2: It's history in the making once again as Capitol Hill prepares for the second Donald Trump impeachment trial. Once again, the House impeachment managers will take the long walk across the United States Capitol to deliver the one article of impeachment to the United States Senate. The Senate
0: will conduct a trial of the impeachment of Donald Trump. It will be a full trial. It will be a fair trial. But make no mistake... There will be a trial, and when that trial ends, senators will have to decide if they believe Donald John, Donald John Trump incited the erection, insurrection, against the United States.
3: God damn. I knew the Democrats were horny for Trump's impeachment, but that was ridiculous. And you could tell by the look on his face that Schumer knew that he had blown the entire case. He incited this erection. Oh, damn it. I guess he gets to be president again. I'm sorry, everybody. Now, Trump's team doesn't even have to present a defense. They'll just be like, yo, you guys remember when Schumer said erection? (laughs) All right, guys, let's get out of here. And honestly, I can't blame them. I mean, come on, Schumer. How hard is it to not say the word erection? You can't afford to be making these kinds of rookie mistakes. You just defeated Donald Trump in a national erection, and you... Ah, damn it. Now, the last time Donald Trump got impeached, most Republican senators said they wouldn't convict him because he hadn't done anything wrong. But after the Capitol attack, they had to admit that, yes, maybe Trump actually did incite an insurrection. But they still don't want to impeach him because that will make his followers angry. And have you seen his followers? I mean, they staged an insurrection. Which is why for this impeachment trial, Republican senators have found a loophole to let them dodge the issue entirely.
5: A chorus of criticism this morning from Republican senators ahead of former President Trump's impeachment trial. Some arguing that since Donald Trump is out of office, it's out of their
2: hands. I think the trial is stupid. Uh, I think it's counterproductive. We already have a flaming
4: fire in this country, and it's like taking a bunch of gasoline and pouring it on top of the fire. A trial after the president has left office is beyond the Senate's constitutional authority. I think a lot of Americans are going to think it's strange that the Senate is spending its time trying to convict and remove from office a man who left office a week ago. If you can impeach a president after they're out of office, why don't we impeach George Washington? He owns slaves. Where does this
3: stop? Okay, first of all, I support impeaching George Washington cause I don't want that guy holding office again, a slave owning zombie as president. That's terrifying. But let's be real, man. This is one of the most ridiculous arguments ever. Trump committed crimes on his way out of the door. So what? The people just have to let it go. That policy doesn't exist anywhere else. If you get fired at Best Buy, they don't just let you steal a TV on the way out. They don't even let you take that blue shirt with you. You walk out of there naked. In fact, You can argue that you have to convict Trump because if there's no consequence for trying to overthrow the government, then every president will just try it on their way out of office. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Sack the Capitol, boys! Oh, it didn't work? Well, I shot my shot. See you guys in four years, everybody. (laughs) Now, saying you can't impeach Trump because then you'd have to impeach George Washington is one thing, but one of Trump's top supporters had an even wilder argument. You can't impeach Trump because then you'd have to impeach everybody.
1: House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy is facing backlash for new comments that he made in the wake of the deadly Capitol riot.
0: I thought the president had some responsibility when it came to the response. Um, if you listen to what president said at the rally, he said, uh, demonstrate peacefully. I also think everybody across this country has some responsibility. Think about four years ago after the President Trump was sworn in. What happened the very next day? The title was resist with people walking in the streets.
3: Everyone across the country is responsible? Everyone across, whoa, 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 my man, my man. Don't bring me into this. I wasn't even near Washington. I was busy at home seeing if you could make waffles out of chocolate bars. And then I was busy calling the fire department because the answer is no. But this is unbelievable. The GOP is supposed to be the party of personal responsibility. Isn't that their thing? But as soon as their members do something wrong, they start talking like Buddhists. When you think of the oneness of all things, then Donald Trump is as guilty as the blooming flower or the flowing river. If we convict Trump, we must convict nature herself. Om. Now, you might be asking, why is it so hard to find Republicans willing to hold Donald Trump responsible for his actions? Well, because it turns out that even out of office, Trump still has an incredible amount of power with Republican voters, and he's petty enough to use it against anybody who dares cross
1: him. Washington Post reports Trump has entertained the idea of creating a third party called the Patriot Party and instructed his aides to prepare election challenges to lawmakers who crossed him in the final weeks in office, including Wyoming Republican Representative Liz Cheney, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, Alaska Republican Senator Lisa Murkowski and South Carolina Republican Representative Tom Rice, according to people familiar with the plans. He's uh, still wanting to exert whatever pressure he can over the Republican senators who still they don't control the fate of his pres. Presidency that's now over, but they do control whether Donald Trump goes down in history as the first uh, president or former president ever to be convicted in an impeachment trial. So I think Trump is looking for any kind of power that he can still exert over Republicans. That's right, people. Trump
3: is threatening to form a new political party as a way to punish Republicans who betray him. And you know he's serious because he made Jared Kushner Google how to start political party. This shit is on. And by the way, It seems unfair to get to pick a name for your party, like Patriot Party, because you got to wait until everyone else picked boring words and then you just jump in like, oh, you guys are Democrats and Republicans? Cool, we'll be the explosive orgasm party. And I'll be honest, I don't actually get Donald Trump. He just left his job and he's already out here trying to form new parties and threaten senators? I thought if there's anyone who would enjoy retirement, it's Donald Trump. I mean. He's basically already been retired for the last four years. Well man, take some time off. Enjoy Florida, play some golf. Spend some time with your, you know what? Actually, I get it now. You probably want to run again. But the truth is, Trump doesn't even need to start a third party because he's already made the GOP the Trump party. He's basically an erection. I mean, infection, damn it, man. Trump is an infection that took over the Republican party. And it turns out there are already new mutant strains of Trump virus cropping up all over.
5: Former White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, she's trying to get back into the political fray. She's announcing in a video this morning she is running for the governor of Arkansas. That's something former President Trump suggested she do when she resigned back in 2019. And Sanders is now emphasizing her experience working with Donald Trump.
3: Wow, what a big day for former Trump staffers. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is running for governor. Stephen Miller found a half-eaten mouse. The future's looking bright, people. But yes, Sarah Huckabee Sanders says that she's gonna be running for governor of Arkansas, which based on her track record means she's not gonna be running for governor and there is no state called Arkansas. And this is exactly why the Senate needs to convict Donald Trump. Because I know people hope that Trump will just go away on his own, but that's not going to happen. And if Republicans want to break their party from his grasp, well, then they need to hand him a big, firm rejection. Whew, that was close. All right, we'll be right back after these erections. I mean, commercials. Damn it! No! Why am I saying that?
6: Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at
3: Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. One of the big rallying cries of the Black Lives Matter movement has been defund the police. But what does that mean? Well, a city in Oregon has offered one vision for what it might look like. Roy Wood Jr.
0: has more. In 2020, thousands of people marched in the streets trying to defund the police, which sounds scary, but what does it actually mean?
1: This really is a an idea to entirely reimagine public safety and rethink how we do
0: it. It means taking money out of police budgets and using it to fund different types of workers who handle some 911 calls. Kind of like how Batman had to take a pay cut to fund the Justice League. And in Eugene, Oregon, they're giving it a trial run with a program called CAHOOTS. CAHOOTS? What is that? Like a crime-solving owl?
7: CAHOOTS is an acronym. It stands for Crisis Assistance Helping Out on the Streets.
0: Okay, so no owl. I sat down with CAHOOTS coordinators, Tim Black and Ebony Morgan, to find out how their little test project has been going. So I'm guessing you guys started CAHOOTS a few months ago when everybody was marching in the streets?
5: No, we've actually been around for more than 30 years. Wait, hey,
0: 30 years? When your organization was created, the Fresh Prince hadn't even left for Bel Air yet. Okay, they've been doing this for a while, but what exactly are they doing? What type of 911 calls do you all typically respond to? As a CAHOOTS agent. Is it agent, a Kahoota, a CAHOOTY?
5: We respond to non-criminal and non-violent calls for service um, that come through the 911 line in our area. And we respond with a crisis worker and an EMT instead of law enforcement. You still got guns
7: though, right? No guns, no tasers, no pepper spray. You got nunchucks, ninja
0: stars, sword, baseball bat.
7: Why is it that we assume it's going to take a weapon to get somebody up off of you?
0: I hear what you're saying, Tim, but like even mall cops got mace and they protect and build a bear workshop. But where other law enforcement officers are utilizing more and more expensive military gear, Cahoots in their little white vans actually save a ton of money. Compared to the local police's annual budget of $90 million, Cahoots cost about $2 million around 2% of the police budget. But CAHOOTS responds to almost 20% of emergency calls. So what does a typical CAHOOTS call look like?
5: It's really about meeting people where they are and helping them get to a space that's maybe a little safer. Say we started talking on the side of the road and it's noisy and you're overwhelmed. Let's just have a seat in the back of the van and then we'll talk about it.
0: That's kidnapping. That's kidnapping, Ebony.
5: Not if they- speculate. that's kidnapping. I do promise people snacks if they get in sometimes. What kind of snacks you got? Granola bars, some water, whatever. We'll have clothes on the van, tents, sleeping bags.
0: I'm going to just be honest. You had me at snacks. I'm a 40-year-old man. I'll get in the van for some snacks. But besides the granola bars, they have one big secret weapon. Just being chill, using a technique they call de-escalation.
5: De-escalation is a practice where you're encountering somebody who is escalated and you help them get to a de-escalated space or a little more calm.
0: So what's the de-escalated version of pepper spray? Like Tabasco sauce? And you just flick that in somebody's eye? Oh. No.
7: I need to be engaged I need to show you that I really care about the things that you're saying and finding that way that we can work through this crisis together.
0: But lately, Cahooters have been putting their lives on the line responding to Karens. America's angriest and most dangerous demographic.
7: You know, we get a lot of calls um, that are placed to public safety with a certain outcome in mind. Those calls You say racism, Tim? Tim, this is a safe place? <laughs> All right. We have a lot of people that, you know, we, we do encounter situations where folks are calling in, um, you know, because of racist motivations or uh, you know because they have a bias against different socioeconomic circumstances and in those situations i think there are two things that we need to do one is we need to recognize what it was that triggered that person to make that call and that if they're still on scene
0: t- slap the shit out of them
7: or you know maybe try and and present an opportunity for them to confront a little bit of their white fragility, um, you know, a little bit of explicit bias. I was
0: going to say that next.
7: But then, you know, also with the the individual that we're called out to respond to, you know, we have an obligation to say, hey, like this, this was unfair. We know that you didn't ask us to be here. We're here now. Is there anything that we can do for you?
0: So essentially, Karen calls 911 for protection from the homeless person. And then y'all pull up and protect the homeless person from Karen. Basically, And then offer him snacks. Exactly. Cahoots is out there helping the homeless and trolling Karens, but I had to see it in action in a COVID safe way, of course, without leaving my home. You aren't the cops.
5: Technically, I can get a hold of the police, but I would only do so if somebody was unsafe and I'm not necessarily seeing anyone unsafe right now.
0: I was so scared that Martin Luther King Jr. statue across the street has been staring at me. Can you go say something to it,
5: please? Well, maybe. I'm here to talk with you right now though. I'm. Um,
0: how long has this been going on for you? Every day. Every day I come down the street and it's just a black guy and he's just staring at me. Where are the cops? Where's your gun? Where's all of your
5: stuff? I don't see a threat oh my in this immediate situation. Do you feel like I bet you're you don't right now?
0: I bet you don't. I bet you know him. Ah, you people.
5: What if you walked down a different block?
0: What if you put the statue in a different place? Okay?
5: Well Where- I'm not in charge of statue placement but I am here to help you have a better day. And if this is gonna ruin your day, you don't have to look at it.
0: Wow, these guys are good. And if Cahoots could do all of this with $2 million, imagine what they could do with 90. Incredible. Hootie hoo Thank you so much for that,
3: Roy. When we come back, former NFL star turned actor, Namdi Asamoah is joining me on the show to talk about his new movie on Prime Video. Stick around. Welcome back to the Daily Social Distancing Show. Earlier today, I spoke with Namdi Asamua. He's one of the best defensive players ever to play in the NFL, and now he's crushing it in a new career as an actor and producer. We talked about his new film and so much more. Namdi Asamua, welcome to the Daily Social Distancing Show.
2: <laughs> Thank you for having me.
3: Uh, the last time I saw you was in person in the studio. Uh, I have not seen you since. i i, I would see you sometimes at events. You would be the arm candy on your wife, Carrie Washington's, uh, arm. Um, how are you-how are you coping with this pandemic?
2: Yeah, these-the events that I would see you at, I would go as the support more than <laughs> I can be. So I'm, I'm always the support at those events. Um, but we're-you know, we're-we're doing fine. It's a year into it now, almost, so... The new normal is in. I think we're, we're sort of rolling with the punches at this point.
3: Right. I feel, I feel like, though, everyone's finding their few, you know, just like just moments of joy. Like, I know I do that. You know, I, I wait for sporting events. I wait for special events. I wait for a movie to be released. That's why I get so excited whenever a new movie comes out, because we just, we don't get to watch movies anymore. We don't get to go and have dinner. We don't get to live as much life. And so before we get into your movie that's on Amazon Prime, which is getting rave reviews, I wanted to talk to you about the Super Bowl. yeah. We're yeah, going, we're going, I'm, Tom I'm... Tom Brady up against Patrick Mahomes is like the young versus the old, like the one of the greatest of all time, if not the greatest, up against a future greatest possibly. Where's your money?
2: Oh, well, that's the question that you...
3: <laughs> yeah, I want to make it interesting.
2: I thought we were going into strategy and like...
3: <laughs> no, man, I just want to know, where's your money first? Where's your money?
2: I mean, I don't know how at age 43 you could ever bet against Tom at this point. It's like he... <laughs> Every time... I mean, there's always a point midway through the season where every single person that's talking about Tom Brady says he's done. I mean, I think for the last 10 years, that's always happened. And then he ends up in a Super Bowl at the end. So I I don't know how you bet against him.
3: Let's talk about your, your, your second career, though. You know, not many people can, I think, move as effortlessly as you have from the world of sports at the highest level to the world of acting at the highest level on Broadway, people were blown away by your performance, you know, and then you, when you moved in front of the camera, people were amazed at how you just, you just seemed to effortly, effortlessly move, you know, from one script to the next, from one role to the next. Sylvie's love is no different. You start opposite Tessa Thompson in a love story for the ages, um, in a time where we're not used to seeing black leads together, you know, when it's not a story about like oppression or slavery or, or, or civil rights, it's, it's a story about love. What do you think has been the biggest reason for your success in this in this world? How have you managed to be that vulnerable coming from like the NFL?
2: Um, but, uh, thank you for all of that, and thank you for calling it, it, it success because in my head it's it's just always work. So you never really know where you are. You just know that you have to keep going. Um, but I don't know. I I think I've, I've realized that I'm a risk taker, um, and I say realize because I just happen to love things that. I'm not going into it saying, I can't wait to take this risk. I just happen to love things that require me to take a risk in order to achieve them. But um, I don't know. I think it's important to have no idea what you're doing and just go for it anyway. A lot of times in life, you know, I think there's a a beauty in that level of risk. I think um, at the end of the day, you're either going to succeed or you're going to grow. And I think both of those are a win so why not right. just go after it and uh, and and so that's what I've done and and luckily it's it's been working out you know and I've been able to sort of build from that it seems
3: like in some ways your character has some of those straight those traits you know because you you play a character who's a, a a jazz saxophonist who's coming up trying to get his career off the ground you know you've got this woman who adores you and loves you and encourages you to be more but she's doing her thing as well it, it feels in many ways like there's, there's slithers of your life in this, and, and, and at the same time, you're playing a completely foreign, different character. First of all, is it true that you, you spent a year learning how to play the saxophone before
2: this role? I did, yeah, yeah, I did. Um, I mean, we had time. We took the, the script around town, and, and we got passed on so often, but from right. the time that we took it around... It was about a year and a half or so before we actually shot i didn't know if that first group was going to say yes so i needed to start playing the saxophones. So <laughs> like they said no and it took a year and a half or so but i just continued playing because that you never really know what that moment is going to be when someone's gonna say yes uh, we'll make your movie so i just kept playing and playing I fell in love with it and fell in love with it and I was able to then step on set and really you know not only play but have fingering and everything down just so that it could, it could be real.
3: Was there, was there a point when you wondered if you now are just playing the saxophone for no reason? Because, I mean, there's, there's no guarantee that a script will get picked up. There's no guarantee that a movie will get made. So now there you are, just, like, in the house, and at some point people are like, oh, you play the saxophone? In the beginning you're like, yes, it's for my movie. And then a few months later you're like, yes, it's for my movie. At some point you're just like, yeah, I just, I just play the saxophone. Was there a point when you thought, okay, this is just me now?
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went through that. I mean, in my house, too, because like the first week, it's like, wow, the saxophone, and like, <laughs> you know, everyone wants to sort of hear. And then, I mean, after like three weeks of playing, it's just like this annoying thing that's in the house. And it's like, when is this going to happen? And then a year later, it still hasn't happened. So, yeah, there was uh, there was a little bit of that. And I also would travel with the saxophone wherever we went.
3: Oh, man. You know,
2: I, this was a time when you could get on planes and travel. And and so we would go to different places, and, and the saxophone would follow me. And that would be annoying to people as well. But you know, <laughs> it, I became a saxophone player. My final question to you. If
3: you had a magic lamp, a genie was going to grant you one wish would you wish for an Oscar or would you wish for a Super Bowl title?
2: You know what? I would say a Super Bowl title. Um, Here's why. Because I I don't have a chance at that anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's... People ask me all the time, like, do you miss the game and do you miss it? I think when I first left, I would say, no, no, no. And now it's like I miss it to the 10th degree because all I can think about are the missed opportunities. You know, it's like, I didn't get to win the Super Bowl. I didn't get to play in the Super Bowl. You know, that's what, that's the dream. That's why you want to play it. Uh, That's why you play the game. And so I I think I would go with that. You always want what you can no longer have, I think. So, so I think that'd be the answer.
3: Okay. My wish, if I had it, would be for everyone to get the vaccine as quickly as possible. But I guess we both have different different ideas in life, and that's what makes us different human beings. I wish for other people, but you can wish for I'm, a I'm, Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> How
0: much
3: do you it? <laughs> Yo, Namdi, man, thank you so much for joining me again, my dude. It was great
2: seeing you. Yeah, you too. I appreciate Good it. Good luck, well,
3: man, and congrats. The movie's amazing. Thank you. Don't forget, Sylvie's Love is available to stream right now on Prime Video. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, but we'll be right back
4: after this.
6: Change the drive into work in traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T.
3: Well, that's our show for tonight. But before we go... Please remember that the coronavirus pandemic is as bad as it has ever been. Luckily, though, our first responders are still out on the front lines saving people's lives. Now, if you want to help the first responders out, then please consider a donation to First Responders First, which offers first-class medical and psychological treatment for first responders. To find out more, all you got to do is go to the link below. Until tomorrow, stay safe out there, wear an erection, and erection, erection. What is
4: going on?